0: He wasn't a dick, I was a dick. It was my fault. I let the friendship get in the way of the business. Now understand, it's show business, not show friendship, right? This is episode 53 of They're All Going to Laugh at Him. I'm Alex Sprague.
1: And I'm Jess Geyer. Alex, what did we watch today?
0: Uh, A movie, what I would call a biopic, in fact, of Sandy Wernick called sandy wexler
1: (laughs) yeah uh and who is sandy wernick
0: he's the agent adam sandler has had since he was 22 um basically before he uh made it big Mm -hmm. and he's had that same agent for seemingly the past like 40 or so years um and he's a bit of a weirdo maybe Or they're just making fun of him.
1: It's kind of hard to say, because there's not like a lot of actual biographical information about him. And it's very clear that this is not a direct biography. Yes. Uh, But yeah, we are watching all 60 Adam Sandler and Adam Sandler adjacent movies in a row and podcasting about it. Why are we doing this?
0: To see whether or not Sanford H. Wernick unleashed a monster on the world, and whether or not his Business, ethics, have taken artistry down the drain since 1994. And to see whether or not Adam Sandler deserves all the hate.
1: Yeah. Uh, the, the... What episode did you see we're on again?
0: 53.
1: The, the past 53 movies. I have decided that he doesn't deserve the hate. Yeah. Like, and even with this movie, which I... It's fine. I didn't like it.
0: It yeah. wasn't. It um, wasn't
1: awful, but I didn't like it.
0: I I uh. don't disagree with that. Like it was a pretty fine movie. It was a little bit too long. Um, it was obviously a movie that was important to people making it. Um, it's very funny people in that sense, but mm-hmm. I I think it was a little too long for me to care. Um, by the end of it. But yeah. it's it's like a five out of ten for me. I wouldn't rewatch it, but I'm not sad to have seen it.
1: I don't think, I don't think that this movie was for us. It's much more niche than, than Funny People was. Funny People was definitely like an industry movie. Mm-hmm. This is like, really an industry movie. If you didn't know that Sandy Wernick was like a real person, that this was based off of a real person. The whole movie would just be absolutely like like what's the point? You yeah.
0: Know? You you wouldn't get it. You'd you would assume based off what uh like I've read from a lot of people that this is a bad character that he's doing forever and not, in fact, a impersonation of a person he knows very closely.
1: Yeah. Uh, which makes it funnier knowing that he's trying to do an impersonation. Is it a really good impersonation? I have no idea because I've never really, I don't know who Sandy Wernick is. I've never really heard him talk. Um, I've seen a picture and he did make an appearance in this movie, um, as one of the funnier characters actually. Uh, so it's really hard to say, especially because he's kind of an enigmatic guy.
0: Yeah, he does not, um reveal anything about himself to the public unlike most celebrities which i found very interesting um mm-hmm. we don't even know how old he is like i searched and that's pretty wild for like someone who works in
1: hollywood yeah i don't I, yeah. you know he's not though he's not a celebrity because you know he's not he has no celebrity you know he just yeah. is behind the scenes of a really big celebrity
0: well a bunch of them He's been the agent yeah. to a lot of people. Like Conan O'Brien, um, I believe Judd Apatow too, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, and there, there's a lot of people who have directly like been represented by him. Um, and yeah, it's some interesting stuff. But I think we can get into that later. Um, real mm-hmm. quick, this is a three-star Sandler movie. Um, it was... It stars Adam Sandler. It was produced by Happy Madison and, and Part of the writing credits are Adam Sandler. It's also two other people's writing, um, but they seem to be writers that very specifically have been helping Adam Sandler uh, in this period. They both worked on Ridiculous 6 and The Do-Over, <laughs> um, and one was in The Cobbler or something. I uh, don't was kind of weird. But
1: Yeah, it's it's also directed by Stephen Brill, who did, I think the last two, I think he did The Do-Over. Yeah, he for sure did The Do-Over.
0: Yes, he's the same guy I'm talking about. He uh he did heavyweights, he did Mister Deeds, he did uh the other one.
1: Yeah. You know that. Uh, yeah, and 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 again, this is also a very Adam Sandler movie because it involves a person that he was close to, or is close to, I should say.
0: Yeah, he's this movie gets made only on the back of Adam Sandler.
1: Right, no it one, would not be a movie without him. It, w- it wouldn't be made without him.
0: No one else is willing to take a movie and make a movie entirely based on the fact that you think it would be funny to talk about this guy you've known for, like, 30, 40 years who does some funny stuff and say, like, he's never been in the spotlight and I think I would like to make a tribute to him. Like, mm-hmm. and I think... It, some of the themes within the movie shows why Adam Sandler did that, personally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, I laughed 49 times, which isn't great for a slightly over two-hour long movie. Um, and what do you think the critics gave this movie?
1: Well, they gave the do-over, uh, would you say, it was a 10%? It's
0: a 10 or 7.
1: Uh, some would say that they gave this one a 5% and i think that audience gave it probably like a 30%. i don't think a lot of audience members enjoyed this movie.
0: Audience was 39%. Um okay, but
1: that's actually higher than i thought.
0: But of course you're wrong. Um they critics gave it a 27% because well,
1: they Well, uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: um because it was slightly artsy technically. Um so they they had to rate it higher because they're frauds,
1: and it had Jennifer Hudson in it, um, and you know she has won an Oscar.
0: I so. <laughs> so many people were like, "She, I can't believe she was in this like terrible movie," and blah 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 blah. And I was just like, "Uh, like, okay, sure, that's a that's a good good thing. She doesn't get to pick her movies, I'm sure." Like, I don't know. There's a, yeah. there's a lot of stuff in there that uh, my I think my favorite review was, as with almost every Sandler vehicle, this is an adoring ode to a lifelong man baby who mistakes his half-assed excretions for art.
1: Yeah, uh, it's not it, man baby. Mm, I excrement? mean excrement. <laughs> for...
0: Like. One thing that I think I still stand by is you shouldn't be allowed to critique stuff unless you've tried doing it yourself. Um, I think that would just, you know, make things a lot easier on everybody. But also, like, a lot of the points of this guy in this movie are not that he's acting childish. It's that he's acting differently than... He, he's, you know, perpendicular to the Hollywood elite. And that's why a lot of people like him. Um, His motivations are different. His way of acting is different. His things are different. And, you know, whatever, call that a man, baby. That's fine. But then to go on and say, like, you know, it's a half ass excretion for art, It's that's pretty much just obviously a lie, though. Yeah. Like, you don't make a two-hour-long movie with all this stuff in it and then oh, it's half-assed. what well, part of it, you know. uh there's other people who said like that there was no plot in the movie, which I found.
1: Like, no, there's definitely a plot. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can. There's a lot to critique about this movie. Yeah, it's there not are a, a lot great of places movie. that I that I think that it failed.
0: But if you say like it, this part wasn't good. Like they just making shit up. Like it, it had no plot. Or uh, there's also like a lot of people saying it's it's very uh like, overtly raunchy, and I'm like, I don't fucking remember when.
1: When was it raunchy?
0: Like, it specifically wasn't really raunchy, even though they did, like, a lot of dark comedy.
1: Like, there was some funny stuff, like Nick and <laughs> plays a daredevil, and he, kept, he keeps getting hurt and getting hit in the face with various flying animals. Uh, yeah, but that's
0: not what raunchy is. is
1: no, thing? that's n- there's nothing raunchy.
0: Yeah, um,
1: there is there is a vagina, a v- vaginal discharge joke. It's but it's, it's not commercial. It's a commercial yeah, that's joke. Yeah,
0: not really even the thing. It was yeah. a young girl seeing her mom in a uh vag ease. I think the product was <laughs> called commercial, yeah, like- and then saying I want vaginal discharge too. Yeah. Like that's not a, a very
1: raunchy joke. Um, yeah, compared to anything else that Adam Sandler has done, this to, one is to a li- pretty tame. Any movie.
0: movie, like there's there's not really raunchiness in it. No. Um, but yeah, let's I, recap I, I, I it real quick agree. so that we can talk about it instead of just kind of circling around everything.
1: Sure. Uh the movie is framed with uh real life actors and other showbiz people playing themselves. At some sort of formal event. Um, they all speak to the camera. About their experiences with Sandli- Sandy Wexler. A Hollywood manager. Talent man- manager. Wexler didn't have any friends. We learn. And his clientele were mostly no-name kind of weirdos. Like the daredevil who got hit, hit in the face by a bird. And a puppeteer. Uh, he also lies all the time like just constantly apparently and he lives in a mansion kind of he lives in a bungalow on the property of this really nice um uh, mansion because it's owned by uh an iranian guy named farooz and he has him stay there for legal reasons or something and he's not allowed to go into the pool or into the main house and we also learn later that farooz is constantly watching and listening to him uh One day, Wexler takes the kids of one of his clients to Six Flags while their mom goes on on an audition. Audition. Uh, Jackie Sandler plays this person, uh, and his kids play her kids. So they have have more of a role in this movie than any of the previous movies.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And it's at Six Flags where he hears Courtney Clark, played by Jennifer Hudson, singing in one of those corny performances like the ever if you've been to an amusement park you know what i'm talking about and she's playing the ugly duckling he wants her uh to be one of his clients he wants to be her manager and tells her to quit her job to become a star and it's during this conversation that he also says he doesn't date his clients because once he got too close to one of his clients alfred and they used to be best friends but not anymore she says yes but on the condition that they ask her dad for permission. He lives in Alaska, so they go there, and Wexler convinces him that it's a good thing. And then they, meaning Courtney and Wexler, eat burgers under the Northern Lights, and he tells her that she's going to be a star. So next, he starts getting her ready to be in show business. Um, and throughout this, too, we're getting like peppered in interviews from the real-life people, Um I want to be clear, too, that these interviews, they're not, they're scripted. It's not like these people actually talking about their manager. They're talking about the movie character. Um, And uh, he gets, uh, Wexler gets Courtney a meeting with Capitol Records because he had known their A&R guy while the guy was still an assistant and was nice to him. Uh, They get her mixtape, and Capitol Records sees her potential, and they want to sign her. And Courtney ends up becoming a big star, and it's clear uh, that Wexler is developing feelings for her, and possibly that she's developing feelings for him. However, Courtney starts dating Bling, the Capitol Records label guy, and it's clear that Wexler can't really handle her as a client anymore, because she's too big, and they part ways. He ends up managing a decently successful pro-wrestler, uh, played by Terry Crews. Uh, and then he gets a call about one of his clients having gotten too drunk at a restaurant. So when he turns up, it ends up being Courtney. And he takes her to his place away from the paparazzi. And they spend the next day together with her dressed up incognito. Um, and he, like, takes her uh, to a golf range. Um, and also he takes her to uh, her, his wrestling client's fight uh where he wins the belt when he wasn't supposed to in the script because the referee for the game was another one of Wexler's clients and he already had him lined up for a referee job with the Harlem Globetrotters um that night he and Courtney kiss and stay the night together but she has to go the next morning for work in New York and she doesn't end up getting together with Wexler instead she goes through another string of partners um Wexler's mind is always on Courtney, though, and this ends up in him mishandling his other clients and losing them one by one, and all that ends up left is the puppeteer, played by Kevin James, and Wexler hopes for a miracle, and it happens when another big-name puppeteer, Mr. Buttons, uh, dies, uh, (laughs) and the TV company ends up loving Kevin James, the puppeteer. But Wexler has a heart attack right before the big meeting where they're going to sign papers. But instead of going to the hospital right away, Kevin James uses (laughs) Wexler as a ventriloquist dummy to get a good deal. (laughs) And uh, at the hospital, because he does end up going to the hospital, Courtney visits Wexler and tells him that she's getting married to Eric Lehmansoff. Uh, depressed, Sandy goes to Six Flags again to watch The Ugly Duckling Show, which is now starring Clay Aiken, from afar, when Alfred shows up. And turns out Alfred is Weird Al. He tells him that he was the secret, Wexler was the secret to, to his success, but that he couldn't keep being his client because he just wouldn't tell the truth and just said what he thought he wanted to hear. So, uh... This kind of provokes a change in Wexler, and on the day of Courtney's wedding, she's all dressed up, she's, she's ready to go, Farooz, the guy who owned the property, shows up pretending to be the limo driver and takes her to an observatory where Wexler is waiting in a room where the Northern Lights are going, and he tells her that he's not going to lie anymore and that he loves her, and he asks her to marry him. Uh, Courtney's dad is there too, and he approves of this, and they get married by the puppets uh Kevin James as a puppeteer. And the frame story turns out to be the real wedding twenty years later, since puppets can't actually be ordained. And the movie ends with Wexler singing, There is no business like show business, the end.
0: And then Beavis and Butthead prank call Sandy Wexler.
1: Yes. Uh, yeah, it's it's a good like during credit scene, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um which was also a throwback to Adam Sandler's start of making crank calls to people back before he was famous around TV or anything.
1: Yeah, it's also kind of a start, a uh, throwback to, like, his first big movie, Airheads.
0: Yeah. Which... Because
1: Beavis and, Beavis and Butthead call into the show.
0: Yeah. Um, and having Mike Judge, yeah, it's Mike Judge, do those things, um, was interesting. But, mm-hmm. so I'm trying to think of, like, where to start with this. Um, and I think the first thing I wanna start with is uh the the search that comes up on Wikilinks when you look for Sandy Wex or Sandy Wernick. Because I was thinking how much of this movie is based on a real guy, you know? Yeah. Like he has Ooh. a weird annoying voice, um kinda high pitched and maybe whiny nasally. And the the thing they always mention is he eats food like an animal um, and there's always food all over him, which yeah, he's I on get the
1: Atkins diet so he only eats meat it's, yeah. which leads to the heart attack
0: yeah it's uh. a very 90s <laughs> thing to do um and I get that because I I once had someone uh, I worked with say that me eating chicken wings was the single most vile thing they've ever seen in their life.
1: It is really gross
0: well I just I refuse to wipe my face or my hands until I'm done because they're going to get saucy. Then I wipe all down at once.
1: I mean, it's a valid strategy. I, I did neglect to mention, though, in my plot recap that this does all take place within the 90s, and there are so many good 90s jokes.
0: Yeah, it's like 94 to 96. Um, but here here are my two emails about Sandy Wexler and one has is to and from him. Um,
1: about Sandy Wernick.
0: Wernick, sorry, yes. Um, so this this email is uh, it is to Canner, Feyn, Cohen, and Laura from Steve Moscow, which is important, I think. And it says, <laughs> Sandy Wernick, if he calls, do not tell him anything. Three <laughs> exclamation marks sent on the run. Which
1: <laughs> was what was the last part?
0: Do not send him anything. And then that guy's uh, end thing is just sent on the run.
1: Oh, I gotcha. Okay.
0: Um, And then from around the same time, um, here is an email thread between Steve Mosko and Sandy Wernick. And (laughs) this is what makes it so good.
1: And, again, the the first email was from Steve Mosko, right?
0: Yes. Two people who worked at Sony saying, don't tell Sandy Wernick anything. Um,
1: uh, okay.
0: So, subject. On plane, anything urgent? Uh, <laughs> Sandy Wernick said, trying to move Gaffigan to TV land and Comedy Central. Need your wise help. Dot, dot, dot. Sandy Wernick is an old-ass man. He's doing dot, dot, dots for sure. This was six years ago. Um. I, I don't know how old he is, but if he was established enough at 22, uh, to get Sandler when he's 22, I'm guessing he's close to 80, um, at least. And then Steve Mosco replied with uh, P.S. Need your guys to be coordinated with WR guys with our guys. I hate how old they look. And then Sandy Warning said, uh, had good conversation with Ada Jeff. Working together to make it happen. Steve Mosko, it will. And then Sandy Wernick said, The power of positive thinking! Explanation mark. (laughs) Like, the conversation is definitely done, but it keeps going. Steve Mosko, somebody has to do it here. Sandy Wernick, you should be running that company! (laughs) And then Steve (laughs) Mosko does not reply anymore. But I just love how he emails, it's just, (laughs) just, it makes me think this movie was dead on with who they're talking about. You know, don't fucking tell this guy anything. He's like, you know, we just got to think positively. You should be running that company. You're so wise and smart. And he's just like, don't fucking tell that guy anything. (laughs) Like, and there's... he probably has times where he has to be, like, a dick and he's angry and mean or whatever in order to, you know, do right by his people. They show that a little in the movie. But, yeah. like, the idea that this guy's, like, oh, like, it's not bad. It's just, like, a new way for us to understand what's going on and it'll be good, better later. Like, even from his emails, I kind of got that he's one of the, like, well, we'll figure everything out and once it's good, it'll be great, like, type guys. Um, Which, you know, personally kind of hate dealing with myself, but it was very accurate in the movie, I think.
1: Now, there's another movie where Sandy Wernick is portrayed that's done mm-hmm. by Happy Madison. Yes. And that is Dickie Roberts.
0: Yes. Where... And
1: in... Uh, it's John Lovitz, right?
0: Yes, John Lovitz plays Sandy Wernick. No... No way, so Sandy Wernick, and gives his kidney to get uh, dickie roberts a audition and it yeah. shows in that movie he will do fucking anything to get dickie roberts an audition um
1: yeah his name is Sidney wernick in this oh one.
0: yeah i thought it mm-hmm. was the
1: same but, but it's ba- definitely supposed to be him
0: yes um and i think like i i think these guys legitimately think that like sandy wernick did everything that he possibly could to set them up for success and, like, treated them like family and was always looking out for their best. Like, yeah. And with that idea, the the way they portray Sandy Wernick in this movie makes me think that this is this is why everyone hates Adam Sandler, actually. <laughs> so everyone hates him because he has the same crew all the time, like those guys he's with. They're always working together, and they're, you know, trying in each other's movies, blah, blah, blah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they're not, they they are a corporate. Like, I, I'm trying to say they're not, but they're not trying to make money off of other people is the thing, you know? Like, Sony execs don't make anything. They try to nickel and dime actual creators, and that's, like, a difference that pisses me off a lot. Um, whereas I think Adam Sandler's crew is just trying to make funny stuff and are not nickeling and diming random people who are trying to get up. And this idea that's shown in this movie that like Wernick cares about everyone he's working with, wants the best from them, and he expects like, hey, I'm, I represent you and I represent you. There's no reason you guys can't be doing stuff together. Um, It shows in the movie some obvious flaws where they make fun of the fact that Nick Swardson's character shouldn't have been opening for another character. Yeah. But and he replies with, like, she's so good, it doesn't matter how bad the first act flops, you
1: know? <laughs> and, uh, go ahead. I mean, it's it's just not fair in general, though, to have this critique, like, Adam Sandler sucks because he has... All these people who are constantly in his movies he has like the same cast when there are other ensembles that are praised for doing the same thing. I'm thinking like Broken Lizard. I'm thinking like um, all of Simon Pegg and Nick Frost's movies. I mean, there are plenty of ensembles that work together almost exclusively.
0: Yeah, Will Ferrell.
1: Yeah, Will is, Ferrell's is, is group. One. Yeah, Like, um, w- why is it? a problem when adam sandler does it and not when they do it
0: well and then the thing for me is i i think it's all kind of a problem don't get me wrong i think they should have more people in there and more like fresh people i actually think adam sandler does a better job of that to tell you the truth um you know there was a lot of of young actors you see in this and his little uh group of actors does expand and differ through the years. But I don't think you I I personally don't think like you let someone who helped you for like 30 years ago because they might not be the single best person for the job. Yeah. Okay. Hey. But I I do understand that them being at the top now lets them kind of choose who they could work with and they have the ability to bring up young talent and like a more diverse talent and i do find it like a moral failing not to do that as someone in their position but i find that to be a moral failing of everybody in that position not just them so
1: no i do agree with you on that one um and and that does kind of bring me to Jennifer Hudson. She obviously, in 2015, didn't need anybody's help. You know, this was not someone holding their hands down to pull somebody else up. Jennifer Hudson was already, she has a huge career. I am also happy that they had a woman of color as the lead. That is kind of a first for a Happy Madison movie. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, um, in the do-over, Heather is also black, so...
0: Yeah, I, I don't know if she's the lead though.
1: Yeah, she's not really the lead, but she's like the female lead. Yes. Um but in in this movie Jennifer Hudson's definitely the lead, which is, you know, it would be a smart move. You get someone like Jennifer Hudson, you cast her in the lead. The big problem is she had absolutely zero chemistry with Adam Sandler. I <laughs> I I I
0: almost wonder, though, how much of that's on purpose.
1: I don't be- I don't think so. I think that they set it up where we were supposed to feel the chemistry between the two of them, and I just did not get it. Well, even in the scenes where they were like, like the photo shoot together, no, I, I didn't feel it.
0: All right, but again, like that person isn't his wife in like the real life. Um, no, I know. And there, there's this big thing in my mind of them kind of making a. It, it's it's an inside joke. I know it is. And I can't, I don't know what it is because no one has ever talked publicly about Sandy Wernick and their goddamn lives. I can't figure it out. Like, I'm I'm thinking, like, maybe I'll call Sandy Wernick. I bet he answers his phone when you call him. But, like, something about him dating a a client of his and him talking about how he doesn't want to do it in the earlier times and how it's a bad idea and blah, blah, blah is a joke they're talking about on him. I don't quite understand it but i don't know i i think the biggest flaw in this movie is they're they're dealing with a real person and they're making a lot of jokes that they find funny knowing this person but they haven't let us in on it yet
1: no i definitely do agree with that um i i still think the the lack of chemistry between jennifer hudson and adam sandler is not an on purpose thing. I think that that is just what I, happened.
0: I I don't even understand their relationship in the movie. I thought that they weren't gonna get together, and I found it weird that they did. So like,
1: yeah, it is. It is very weird. It, um, that, so that's another problem because like, is was that part of the inside joke? Uh, and another part of the problem is that it's so long. And one of the problems that because they're not letting us in in this in on the joke really with, with Sandy Wexler one kind of connects to I think like something similar with like the biography the fact that we don't know like there is not information about him like in the real world and then in the movie we also don't really get to know a lot about Sandy Wexler because he's always lying about like everything there there we get no biographical information about him except for this vignette of his life,
0: yeah, and I wonder if the what the lying kind of represents i I assume it's a a trait he actually has where he kind of is like this slime ball agent type, where he's always kind of saying what people want to hear, mm-hmm. But, well, I
1: think that that's, like, it. Like, they even say that the lying is him telling people what they want to hear.
0: Yeah, but, like, I think there's more to it. Because it, it's obviously him being either embarrassed or, like, like awkward, maybe. Um, but it, it shows him, he specifically just always says the wrong thing in conversation. Not, like, overtly offensive, but it's, like, in the scene where uh, Quincy Jones pours him expensive wine. And he says it's really grapey. And Quincy Jones gets pissed off. Like, he's not lying there. He thinks no. it's grapey. And mm-hmm. someone gets angry at him. And that's how it goes. Is if he says his opinion, it doesn't necessarily always go well. Um, and so he doesn't say his opinion. He says stuff that he thinks people want. Like, there's... And he's he's terrified in the movie to say what he wants which is, you know, he wants to go to Chili's is one of the things he wants. He's constantly trying to set people up to go to Chili's. Uh, <laughs> he calls ahead, makes reservations, which is not something you need to do at Chili's. And then people don't want to fucking go to Chili's. And he's never, you know, saying, you yeah, know, well, but I'd, I'd like to go. Um, He's always like, oh, I thought you wanted to go to Chili's. And it's it's just, uh, I've met people like this, and... Sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's not. But, like, it's very interesting to see that on screen. And also the fact that there wasn't more to it, you know? It's just, that is how he is, and it's not an allusion to something bigger.
1: Yeah, and... See, the the scene with the wine, I want to go back to that. Because that is supposed to show us that Courtney likes it when he tells the truth. uh, Because she tries to get him to say it again, like, to the next wine. Um, and she thinks that's fun and that, and that's, it's bold and it shows, like, guts to, to say something like that to Quincy Jones. Uh, but they don't give that enough weight in the movie. Um, Well,
0: also, once he says the next thing, it's not necessarily the truth. He's been encouraged to, to continue on that. And then, yeah, he gets, he gets, you know. Wine thrown in his face and kicked right. out of the place. But I, I wonder if he is telling the truth anymore. He calls it nutty. But yeah, white. I know. Who, who knows? But
1: the thing is, like, that that moment is supposed to hold that weight for that character to set up later. Like, she just wants to be told the truth.
0: No, she doesn't. She she, she, she says when they go to get married, he starts telling her the truth about everything, and she just says that's enough.
1: She, she says too. it's too much. Yeah,
0: she... She likes Sandy for who he is, and that involves his, like, you know, constantly kind of making shit up attitude, I think.
1: See, I, I don't really buy that in the movie, though. Like, again, this character relationship doesn't work because it feels so inconsistent with her.
0: I and she's a wildly inconsistent character, too, and also is lying, probably. Like...
1: I mean, th- it the lying stuff altogether... Like I get, like I like it as a character quirk, but trying to pull it into a theme, like the movie tries to pull it into a theme about like telling people what they like instead of what they want to hear, telling them the truth because they even like say that at the end because he started telling the truth, his his uh, clientele got really successful. It just doesn't like. That well, doesn't really I work I, for I don't me. think
0: that's really exactly what happens though. What happens and what they show happens is that he kind of shows how important people are to him, and the rest of it just is whatever. Um,
1: But they say directly in the movie, at the end, when they go through all the people who signed with with Sandy, like, the thing that they say right before that is, like, they literally say, because he started telling the truth to his clients.
0: Is that literally what they say, though?
1: That is literally what they say. Like, that's the line. Here's the line right here. Oh. Because he told them... Because he told them the truth, they had pretty good careers.
0: Yeah. Some man clicked with Sandy, and when he started reaching out, one by one to his old clients, and because he started telling them the truth, most of them ended up having pretty big careers. He's my manager, and he's my best friend again. The thing... Isn't it? It doesn't have to do with. I think overall, this idea. Of he he told them the full truth. It's the truth is, from that original thing I said. The, the I let the friendship get in the way of the business. Now I understand it's show business, not show friendship. Is a fucking lie. He starts it out with a, a like that. That was the lie. He only cares about being these people's friends.
1: Yeah. I know. I get that's what they're going for, but they don't do that well. They don't carry that out well. But every
0: time they're like, you should tell the truth now, and he goes, I will, he then immediately lies about something. They're, I think they're showing that that it it's not 100% what they're doing. I don't think it's done exceptionally well, but I don't think they are going against what they're saying within the movie.
1: I didn't say that they were going against with what they were saying. I just say that it it is not just that they didn't do it well, it's that they did it poorly.
0: What's the difference between doing it poorly and not doing it well?
1: Well, you can do you can not do something well, but it's you still did it. Like I don't think that they did it. I think that's what they were trying to do and it it failed completely because it didn't it didn't do the thing that they were trying to do. Well,
0: I I don't know what you're trying to say they're trying to do then.
1: They were trying to show that he wanted to have the friendship and the relationship with his um clientele, and he had to do that through telling the truth about that and being open with that, but instead, they made it a thing about like like actually lying. There's a difference between being open and honest and 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 lying like he does in the movie. The way he does it in a movie is like a character quirk
0: i I guess I'm I'm lost on what you're trying to say though. Like, what what do you mean by that? That there is a difference between being open and honest and lying. Like the fact his lying is is inconsequential. He's saying stuff like, "I didn't say that," "You said that," "Oh, I didn't know we did that." The call wasn't X Y Z. That type of stuff, not yeah. lying about his intentions.
1: Right. That's what I'm saying. Like if if the whole the whole plot is and the whole theme is like. I want to have a relationship with my clients that has nothing to do with all the other stuff.
0: Well, what do you mean like that? Cuz that is just what he does throughout the movie. Like when they have a success, they share in it. They have the thing where they're helping each other out throughout the movie. And him thinking that that's and that's what he does. They constantly say he's there for the people he's working with. And then when he's not there, because he's not being honest about what he needs, everything falls apart, because he was the glue. And then when he's honest about what he wants and takes care of himself, everything else comes back. And then they all think of him as a friend again.
1: No, I get I get that, and I get that that's what they were trying to go for. I just don't think that it they did it.
0: Uh, I mean, maybe they did it poorly. I think they literally did it, though.
1: Uh... This kind of brings me to another thing that I think that this movie is trying to do. Um, And it is the fact that I think Jennifer Hudson's character is Adam Sandler.
0: I thought about that and it's interesting because she would have gotten big about at the same time Adam Sandler did. Mm -hmm. And then would the going away portion where he goes away and he's with other people, that has to be SNL, right? And is that why they started the movie with Lauren Michael? I think so. So,
1: because
0: I think if, if you think her character is supposed to be a representation of Adam Sandler, that's a really funny reason for why their chemistry doesn't work. But...
1: I mean, there um I don't think that that has anything to do with the, like the actual plot of the like the movie stuff that's going on because if you're even if you're going to have like an analogy or whatever, you still need to have a good romance in there if you're going to have a romance in there. Um but it either like represents Adam Sandler or she is really like if you're talking about having a relationship with your clients that's like literally marriage, right? Like they're literally having a relationship. Um but I I the the thing with Jennifer Hudson's character in this um, is that she starts her career as the ugly duckling, and the story of the ugly duckling is you like the ugly duckling story obviously is about a creature that doesn't fit in with the surroundings. Everybody else is doing something different. They're all they're all beautiful or talented or whatever, and you're this out of place little ugly duckling, but. You just don't know that you belong somewhere else. And that you're not an ugly duckling. You are actually just a normal baby swan. Um, and I think that's pretty emblematic of, of Sandler. Like, Sandler doesn't really fit in with a lot of the... Like, his movies don't really fit in with a lot of the other stuff that, that's...
0: That's being put out.
1: Yeah. And you yeah. can even see that with a critical response. Mm-hmm. Like... Not everyone gets it because they're looking at him from the perspective of a duck. Yeah. he is not. I, I th- he is the swan.
0: Well, I think he's, uh, he started out and, and stayed in this. I, the, like, type of comedy he did was never what people thought of as, like, highbrow or necessarily good. Um, and, like, honestly, never. He, like, musical comedy was never seen as good. The crude mm-hmm. stuffs always seen as like lower, and he was never seen as like one of the best on SNL for sure. Um, mm-hmm. He was always outshouted by other people, and the idea that someone else would be like, yeah, I don't give a shit. He's like a star and he's great. Um, obviously this person needs to be doing this. Seems very um emblematic of what Adam Sandler did because it seems like. Based on like kind of rumor, almost that Sandy Wernick probably tried to help fund uh, Billy Madison, or sorry, Billy, Billy, the movie Billy. What's what's the movie Billy? I'm losing it.
1: What are you talking about? The movie Billy Madison.
0: It's Billy Madison. No- oh, and then Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, like it. It seems like he really was there to help them out in the beginning, and gave them a push um the scene of going to see his her father makes me feel like it's very Adam Sandler to me just cuz Adam Sandler talks a lot about how his father was a place where his comedy started
1: Yeah, I mean he's even featured in the like the Happy Madison like their little I don't know what you would call that, their little stinger, yeah, at the beginning. Know? Um Yeah.
0: And having the, the manager <laughs> meet uh the father and say, like, he, he needs to do this. Like, he could be really good is very interesting for me. um. But, you know, also it's weird. Who knows?
1: Yeah. This is a weird one to put on Netflix, you know?
0: Yeah. Because
1: um, cause the Netflix audience, I feel like, is just more general. And this is, like, such a – it's so specific, you know?
0: Yeah, I think it's, though, it's something that he could have never put on, um,
1: Oh, that's theaters. true. That's very true.
0: It would have been panned even worse. People would, you know, it wouldn't have made its money well. <laughs> um, and I, like, I don't know, it just, it's definitely, this movie was made by Adam Sandler for Adam Sandler and company. Uh-huh. They, they probably really liked it. They yeah. thought it was funny. Um. There's a good clip of him talking about this with Conan O'Brien, Conan being another of, of Sandy Wernick's uh people. Um, and they're <laughs> they're talking about it and he, they're going over there like, Are you gonna do the the silly voice? Um, because apparently Adam has been doing an impression of Sandy Wernick for like twenty years. And he's <laughs> like, Yeah And uh he's like, Are you gonna like make a meat like an animal? Like, yeah. They're like are you gonna Make him lie all the time. <laughs> He's like, yeah. And, like, that was, the, <laughs> like, the whole thing is, like, those are the three things everyone fucking knows about this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I don't know. It's a strange movie. I, I. I want to
1: talk about one thing that's extremely strange. What? Because Sandy Wernick makes an appearance in this movie. Oh, yeah. His character, he plays the, um, very sick, very ill husband of Sandy Wexler's neighbor, Cindy. And he has to be in like, he has to be in makeup. Yes, he's, looks, he's in a he ton looks, of makeup. Oh yeah, he looks awful.
0: He looks like General Palpatine in the bad days.
1: <laughs> he, so Sandy, Sandy Wexler at one point it's it, it of a hard, hardly any consequence in the movie, but he goes over to his neighbor's house um, and she, like, comes onto him and, like, takes him into the bedroom, and he looks over at <laughs> her husband, who's in a hospital bed with, like, you know, he's intubated, not intubated, but he has, like, um, tubes in his nose, uh, and he's just watching this happen, and he, like, looks so distraught, <laughs> like, it's so gross and funny. I guess maybe that's the raunchy part.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, maybe, but the, the funny thing is, it's very much supposed to be, uh, Sandy Wernick hates Adam Sandler doing this movie about him and playing as him, yeah. but like uh-huh. he's not gonna stop it and probably couldn't stop it if he wanted to, but it's just like, oh my god, could you please not make me the subject of your next fucking movie? Um, yeah. very much so because, like again, Sandy Wernick has said nothing about who he is as a person. Um, you can't find his age. You don't know nope. when he got married, if he has kids, any opinion he's ever had. Um, I know he tips better than 20%. That's it.
1: So we know he's, he's cool.
0: Yeah. Um, that's what we know. <laughs> then, uh, good story about, uh, just want to point out, Adam Sandler, in that same interview I watched, said he would never cross a picket line. His dad would <laughs> fucking find him and kill him. All right, it's something like that. Um, so that's
1: because Sandler's a comrade.
0: Yeah. So we we got definite proof. There we go. We were right the whole time. Could have <laughs> could have done this whole podcast in thirty seconds, huh?
1: Yeah, we could have. Yeah. Uh. Weird movie. Net, but it's you know it's the Netflix. Bleh, it's the Netflix era of Sandler.
0: Yeah. Netflix era. What else is <laughs> What are we is, is...
1: watching? What are we watching tomorrow?
0: The Merowitz Stories. Uh, and then there's a subtitle there, but I didn't look it up.
1: And that's another one of the Netflix originals, right?
0: Yeah. I think, like, a, a lot of these are actually Netflix ones coming up, but this was part of his for-Netflix deal where he's, you know, really early got in with Netflix.
1: Now, is this the one that we have a guest for?
0: Yes, we do.
1: Excellent. So I I guess we'll reveal that guest on tomorrow's episode.
0: Yeah. Sure Well, will.
1: Well, you can find this podcast at Laugh at Him Pod on Twitter, and you can also find our games at wannabegames.com. Do we have any games that are like Sandy Wexler?
0: Maybe oops all GMs could be a little wexlery.
1: <laughs> it is very wexlery, yeah. 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 Um replace the musicians with actors and you're good different talent
0: yeah i like that
1: actually yeah that sounds fun uh you can also support us at patreon at patreon.com slash wannabe games but instead all i want you to do is to call betsy devos and tell her that i personally me hate her you can you can throw in the fact that you hate her too oh and also um you can continue giving your money to places like the Bail Project instead uh, but please do call Betsy DeVos and tell her that I personally hate her uh, yeah and you can see me tweet about how much I hate Betsy DeVos at, at @Jaska.
0: you can see me tweet about how the DeVosses have ruined an entire city at Kitty Crusade
1: and Betsy DeVos you stay away from my damn wife yeah fuck that person seriously